0: From The Addict's Guide to the Universe, A Roadmap to Recovery, by Emily Sussman Unconditional Self-Love Before sobriety, I had a complicated relationship with my reflection in the mirror. I guess you could say it was a love-hate relationship. Light on the love, heavy on the hate. I'll start with the part of me that hated looking at myself. When I saw that reflection, all I could see were bloodshot eyes, my lids at half-mast, a dead giveaway of constant weed smoking. I saw a puffy, broken-out face, the result of a diet of extremes. Too much alcohol, too much salt, too much sugar, Or sometimes hardly anything at all. I saw dullness. My complexion was gray. Just a complete lack of color. I knew I could attribute that to sucking on a vape pen. That was sucking all the life out of me. Worst of all, though, was the expression on my face. It's not that it was angry or sad or some definite emotion like that. It just looked so damn heavy, like there was something weighing on me, dogging me, or just plain crushing me. Because there was, of course, my addictions. The mental obsession I had with finding every opportunity I could to escape reality, along with the shame and disgust that was my baseline state of feeling the emotional byproduct of hiding and lying my way through my life. Now about the other way I'd relate to my reflection in the mirror. I wouldn't call it love by a long shot, because there was nothing loving, let alone unconditional, about it. In fact, an awful lot of conditions had to be met before I could judge the reflection I saw as even halfway acceptable First of all, I had to take a shower, preferably a scalding hot one, to scrub away the grime and the guilt about whatever I'd been using, and whatever I'd been hiding. Then I had to complete a full-body inspection, weighing and measuring myself, to make sure I wasn't over my crazily defined limits. From there... I scrutinized my face in the mirror, searching for any wrinkles, gray hairs, zits, or other criminal offenders that may have sprouted up overnight. And if there were, I'd use an iron hand applying spackle, tweezers, or harsh chemical agents to swiftly eliminate them. And then came the most critical task, putting a pretty face on literally. First, there was the foundation, that thick flesh-colored stuff that would cover up all the mistakes on my face, followed by concealer, just in case the foundation hadn't hidden everything that was wrong with me, followed by blush, eyeliner, and mascara, because even my eyelashes were unacceptable in their unaltered form. When the cosmetic procedure was complete, I'd stand back from the mirror, contort my expression into an unnatural, selfie-ready pose, and survey the finished result. Whether I approved of my reflection was never a sure bet, because I could only feel good about what I saw in direct proportion to how well I'd obscured the ugly mess underneath. My dear addict friends, I'm about to remind you of one of the most basic truths about getting sober from your drug or addictive behavior. When you take away your anesthesia, when you can't access your escape route from reality, and when you're without whatever enabled you to forget yourself, if only for a few minutes, what you're left with is you. In other words, When you get sober, you is where you're going to be living. You is going to be who you're going to have to hang out with. And you is who you're going to have to start making the most of. Even loving the shit out of, dare I say. Or else risk going back because you can't stand being with yourself without your drug. I mean, isn't that the reason we started using, drinking, or acting out in the first place? Because we didn't think we were enough, just as we were? When I finally got clean and sober, I had a pretty good idea that I was going to have to start working on that whole loving and accepting myself thing. Not that I had any clue how to start working on it, beyond going to my regular recovery meetings. Fortunately, I had people there who told me that they were going to love me until I started to love myself. Yeah, yeah, I thought. That's great. And it was. But what about when I'm not actually at the meetings? Fortunately, there was one benefit of sobriety I started to get from the get-go. One that at least opened the door, if only a crack, For me to take my first baby steps towards self-acceptance. And the best thing about it was that I had this experience every morning. As long as I stayed sober. Thank freaking God would be my first thought of the day when I opened my eyes. I didn't drink or smoke weed yesterday. That in itself was like ten points of self-esteem. Enough to get me out of bed, at least. And enough to brave looking at myself in that dreaded bathroom mirror. To my relief, I'd see that my eyes weren't bloodshot. My face wasn't puffy. My skin was more or less clear. And my expression might have been sleepy, but it wasn't heavy. I won't go so far as to say I was smiling at myself, but I wasn't scowling either. I got to where I could start my day at this neutral emotional baseline, where I wasn't already dreading whatever other feelings were bound to come up. Sure, some nasty ones might creep up on me later in the day, but I was feeling okay enough to try the sober thing again for yet another 24 hours. As the weeks went by, I decided to take it one further. Right before bed every night, I started to do this little ritual with myself to get more comfortable with this strange new person I was inhabiting and all the strange new feelings that were surfacing inside of her. I did it in the bathroom in front of that same old mirror. To make it fun, I gave it a name, and I turned it into a thing. It's time to play What Were My Feelings Today, I'd say to my reflection, doing a terrible game show host impression. Then I'd challenge myself to look myself in the eyes as I gave myself a rundown of what I'd experienced that day. I felt anxious because of this, excited because of that. And sometimes, I really wanted to kill that person. I was so freaking mad. Looking myself in the eyes and talking to myself was kind of a creepy experience, to be honest. But something about the novelty of it fascinated me. I was really starting to see myself. Literally, of course. But I was also witnessing something deeper. I guess you could call it my personality, which was bizarre and terrifying at first, like jumping into ice-cold water and struggling to get my bearings. As time went on, though, I got more comfortable with my daily self-reflection. The temperature of that water was warming up, or at least I was getting used to swimming in it. I felt myself letting go of some of the judgments I'd been putting on myself. Not just about how I looked. I kept telling myself there was no issue too big or too small or too stupid to bring with me to the mirror. No feeling I could talk about that was too dumb or too shameful. And that gave me the courage to be honest. Out loud about whatever I'd been holding inside me throughout the day. This mirror ritual was cathartic for sure, and it definitely encouraged me to have a sense of humor about myself. But it started to feel incomplete. I didn't want to feel like I was talking only to myself. I needed someone, or maybe something, to be in conversation with Sure, I had friends in recovery who I could always call. Meetings I could go to, to unpack what was going on. Even a therapist I could talk to, who I knew wouldn't judge me. All those people were helping me get to know and accept myself, it was true. But I needed this personal ritual too. With some kind of loving presence I could talk to where I could be as raw and shameless about what was going on inside of me as I needed to be. I didn't want to judge by any means, maybe more of a mentor, one who I could also see as the best kind of friend, who would be there for me no matter what, but who could also help me figure out where I might be going wrong. Whatever I was holding myself up to was going to have to be a new kind of mirror. Not the kind where I could only see the surface of me, of how I looked to the outside world, and not the kind that would reflect back the worst in me either. The shame, the vanity, the self-doubt. This mirror was going to have to bring out the deepest parts of me and show me the real me. Angers, fears, hopes, dreams, maybe even my strengths, and my inner beauty, too. Then it occurred to me, there was only one kind of love that could possibly coax all that out of me, without holding me back in fear of judgment, shame, or doubt. Unconditional love. That was what I needed to start getting in touch with. Unconditional love was going to have to be the basis for the new relationship I was forming with my one true self. Which meant that unconditional love was what I was going to have to start practicing in the daily business of living with my one true self. The key word there, my friends, is practice, because the thing about unconditional love is that it's an ideal, which means that no one is perfectly loving, no one is perfectly accepting, no one is perfectly trusting, no one is perfectly generous, and no one is even perfectly honest. But one thing you can do perfectly is stay sober, which means you have the right and the responsibility and, dare I say, the privilege of being your one true self 100% of the time, no matter how you feel or what you've done without covering yourself up or contorting your features to make you acceptable to anyone else, most of all, to yourself. Staying sober helps lift the veil of shame and regret and self-disgust off your reflection, one day at a time, and maybe not perfectly, but enough for you to start piecing together a truer picture of who you really are. The point of treating yourself with unconditional love isn't to make you selfish, or complacent, or grandiose, or an egomaniac. On the contrary, treating yourself with unconditional love means that you can be your own safe haven. It gives you the power to create a comfortable, supportive home for yourself, where you can continue not just to stay sober, not just to heal, but grow stronger and more confident than you ever imagined you could, even on the days where you feel like you're falling apart. And strangely enough, unconditional self-love is what's going to open you up to start loving the world around you, too. I am still dreaming of your face Hungry! About the book and podcast, visit the Addict's Guide to the